the things that I just want to have the opportunity to be able to just say this morning. First of all, it's always a joy when we have good news and uh, I wasn't able to uh, announce it last week, although it got out on Instagram and different uh, uh, you know, social media for, forums and platforms, but a young couple in our church, we, next year we, we've just got loads and loads of weddings. It's just, you know, they're all, they're all happening and it's a, a joy to be able to announce that Jared and Sam are engaged to uh, be married. So they're just here. Just give us a wave, guys. Okay. And it's a real joy to be able to celebrate with you and your, your families. And we trust that God will continue to bless you and help you in the days ahead. Josh is going to be sharing a few great announcements towards the end of our time together. But there's one particular thing I just want to make mention of because this coming Sunday, it is Christmas Day, but we've also got a great Christmas Day morning uh, service planned and we're wanting to encourage the kids to come with the toys because we're able to showcase them and we get to play with them. We have time actually during the service to do that. And uh, by popular demand, back by popular demand, we're also going to be, um, just for this coming year, we're going to reinstate the competition of the craziest dad present competition. We're looking for innovation. We're looking for creativity. We're looking for fun. We're looking for all those things. So kids, you need to buy, or mums, you need to get a present for the husband, for the dads, and come along on Sunday morning. And we have an incredible prize that's going to just come up on the screen that we've got specifically. No, wrong. That is the wrong, wrong. Sorry, guys. That is the wrong picture. It's Chris, get it off. Okay, it's not a 9-11. Okay, I don't want anybody coming. There we are. Okay, we've got a £50 voucher. And for anybody who would like to... Dad, you'd like to win that, we'll actually be giving that £50 voucher away. And let me just be clear, if nobody turns up on that Sunday with anything crazy, then I will win it and I'll go and spend it. Is that all right? So there we are. So dads, there's the competition. I've thrown the gauntlet and I'll encourage you to come next Sunday at 10 o'clock as we just celebrate the birth of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. Can I just say a great big thank you? To everybody who's been involved in our Christmas services, and particularly this one, thanks to Jay, who's wrote that, um, that whole video, and just tremendous. And, and if I can say a, a huge thank you to Jordan, who's always behind the scenes, very quiet, for just putting it together. We, uh, we just love everything that's happened today, the choir and the guys who just make things happen are actually behind the scenes and also those who are delivering it in service as well, all the musicians. Just love you guys and just really, really pleased that we've just got such a committed and great group of people. And just to say on that video, I'm sure it will be available as from tomorrow. So if you want to go to our website and you want to have a look at that video again, that I'd encourage you to do so. I was thinking about some crazy signs. Some of you may have come across signs like this before because I've been thinking about labels. I've been thinking about signs. I've been thinking about messages that are communicated through different things. And there's some really, really crazy ones, um, particularly in the, Amer- in the American church. I wonder if we could just go to the first one. This, this is a church actually put this up. Uh, now is a good time to visit 
Our pastor is on vacation. I don't know what kind of pastor they have, but it clearly says to me that they believe this is now a good time to come to church. Let's have a look at the the other one, shall we? Uh, Do you know what hell is? Come and hear our preacher, okay? Now, um, you'll be glad to know those who are new here, hopefully you won't be in hell too much over these next 10 or 15 minutes. Let's have a look at another sign, shall we? Honk if you love Jesus, text while driving if you want to meet him, okay? So, in no way am I advocating uh, texting whilst you're driving. And the last one, shall we? It says there, we welcome the God, the bad, and the ugly. So if anybody fits into that category, you are very welcome here today. Just on that particular last one, we welcome the God the bad, and the ugly. You know what I love about the Christmas story? As I've reflected on it, and I preached a lot of Christmas messages, as you can appreciate, over the last 20 years. And the reality is the story is the story, however it's told. But this morning, I want to package it in such a way that hopefully everybody can identify with it. Because what I love particularly about the Christmas story is its rawness. It's incredibly raw. It's full of passion. We've glitzed it up and made it very comfortable and white and just itsy glitzy kind of baby, baby, baby Jesus kind of thing. But just get into the story, if you would, for a moment... Because we see the rawness of this story. In reality, what happened was God came to earth. The king of heaven came to earth because earth, we were in such a mess. What God did was he got down and he got dirty. God dabbed, okay? He got down. I understand this is now the new thing. If you don't know, it's this, okay? I'm, I'm happening, okay? Is that good? Is that good? God, you, some of you have no idea what you're on about. You need to just get into the youth culture of what's happening at the moment. They're all into this dabbing. I thought dabbing was this when you've got a mark on you, but it's this, this. In effect, what dabbing is, they're just getting down. God got down and got dirty. God got down and got dirty. Because what God did was he identified with our mess. God came to those who had been used, who were marginalized, those who were categorized. And he associated and identified with them. They say, Christian, what are you on about? Well, let me just talk to you for a moment, if I can. Because they've been mentioned. There's a number of significant pieces in this Christmas story. First of all, I want to just identify the fact of a group of men by the name or by the tag and the label of shepherds. Shepherds. These people were poor. They were labeled poor. They were labeled lowly. They were labeled lower class. They were labeled outcasts. They were labeled. And God revealed himself to this group of shepherds. We see another group of men who were called wise men. And their label was, they were wise, they were clever. 
They were affluent because they had gold, frankincense and myrrh. They were labeled as being these incredibly scholarly kind of people. God came to both poor people and he also came to affluent people. But then I see the rawness of the story of this Jesus because we see that he was born in a stable. And why was he born in a stable? Because for a period of the time he was homeless. He had nowhere to go. There was nowhere for him to live. He was a refugee with his parents. There's the label. So we see the shepherds who were poor and lowly. We now see the wise men who were rich and affluent at the other side. But then we also see Jesus, the King, the Messiah, the King of glory, being born into homelessness for that period of time. But then get this, and I haven't got time to unpack this, but I know it to be true because God who turned water into wine, and yes, I actually believe that, and God who created this universe, and God who's formed everything that we see, and no, I don't believe in the Big Bang Theory. God might have used the bang, but let me tell you, it was God who put the bang in place. It didn't just happen. And we didn't come from monkeys. God created man and he created woman in his image. That's what the Bible says. And this God who created all this universe, yes, he was able through his power to place God's seed in Mary without any kind of sexual intercourse or sexual interaction. And she was and, and, and she gave birth to the Son of God. And get this, what about a label? Because Mary was, they, the historians tell us, she was a teenager. So let's say she was 16, 17. She was carrying a baby. Everybody knew it. What label do you think you'd put on her? You know, in the 50s, in the 40s, in the 30s, There'd be people who find themselves having baby and some people who gave, gave them away because of the shame that it brought on the families. She was labeled. We won't even go there what she was labeled with. And why I love this story is because it tells me that God came and identified with every label that could be put on us. Let's just read what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 through to 11. And he says there, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And there was an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. You better believe they were terrified. And the angel said to them, don't be afraid, because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Just nudge your neighbor, neighbor next to you and say, all then nudge the second choice, okay, on the other side. It's worthy of a read again. The angel says, don't be afraid, because I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. In other words, this is what we need to understand here very clearly. He says, I bring you good news. We have a world that's full of bad news, but this was good news that he was announcing. 
that will cause great joy, great fun, great laughter, great hope to arise in your hearts. That is for all people. He didn't say for some people. He didn't say for a few select people. He said for all people. This good news of great joy is for all people. From the rich man who was labeled to the shepherds who were labeled. From the virgin with baby who was labeled to those who were born in a stable labeled. For all people. Now let me say this to those people who have been in church for a long time. And those, it's your first time here. Because what we try to encapsulate here is the fact that God came to the earth out of great love. But the problem is, and I need to say a big sorry, seriously, to you. If you've had an impression of church or you've been brought up in some kind of religious nonsense. Because sometimes the church has not behaved well and some Christians have not behaved well towards people because church has not been welcoming. It has not been loving. It has not been a place for all people. It has not been a come-as-you-are environment. And I'm very sorry for that because you can see in the story that Jesus was identifying with everybody. Everybody. And he was basically saying, I am now coming to you so you can now come to me. Come as you are. Whatever label has been attached to you, whatever has been put on you by society, you can still come as you are. You'll notice on every seat or under every seat, I wonder if you'd just take it in your hand because I put a label there and in a moment towards the end, I'm going to ask us to do something with it or not do something with it as the case may be. But it's interesting that we have a world that's full of labels. There's labels on clothes. There's labels on food. There's labels on products. And as we give gifts out, we normally put a label on it. So we identify whose it is. I've already said that there was a group of men who were labeled. But I wonder what label has ever been put on you. 35 years ago on my school report, I can still remember it today, there was a teacher who I believe just didn't like me because I hadn't really done too much actually in that class, genuinely. But I think she took a dislike to me. I won't mention it just in case. You never know you're you're here or you might be the teacher and I don't know you or they hear it on podcast. But this teacher said to me, this was a label. She wrote this, I find Christian a silly boy who behaves rather badly at times. Now, if she thought my behavior was bad, I think there was a better way to put it. 35 years later, Cameron, I'm still remembering this label that she's put on me. I wonder what label has been put on you. If you're here as a divorcee, you have a label of divorce. Some of you have committed adultery here and you have a label of adulterer. Some of you are drug addicts or you've been a drug addict. There's a label that's been associated to you. Some of you are really rich and wealthy and have thought you're posh and you've not been, but... You've got a label on you. Some of you have been labeled with, oh, you're a goody two-shoes. There's a label. Some of you are thieves. Some of you are prisoners. Some of you are criminals. There's a label that's been placed upon your life. But I have good news to say to you that the Bible in the Christmas story, gives an invitation to the label 
And he says, come as you are. There are two things that I want to leave you with this morning. And the first thought is this. That God loves you and accepts you just as you are. You may say, really? Yeah, I want to tell you. God loves and accepts you just as you are. With all your labels, he loves and accepts you. In 1 Timothy 1 verse 15, it says this, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Whatever label you want to associate to that, but the reality is we have all done things wrong. That's what it means, this sin, this separation from God to man. We've all done things wrong. And God says, I came into the world to save people like you and me. And then this writer of this particular verse says this, of whom I am the worst. You see, we think that church is just for good people, for kind people, for those who have been born a Christian. Let me just say that phrase is a nonsense. Nobody's been born a Christian, even if you've been baptized, even if you've been brought up in church. There's a point of decision that everybody has to make to follow Jesus. So whatever label has been put on you, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You see, the point that I'm trying to make is this, that we're accept and loved. But listen to me very carefully, really carefully. This is a really important point because everybody, everybody is looking for approval. Everybody is looking for approval and we try and do God, but we fail. You see, many people think this is the case. I'll come to church and I'll be, behave my way to God. As in, if I do this right, then God will accept me. If I give some money to charity, he'll accept me. If I stop swearing and put it, or if I do swear, I'll put it in a money box, then God will accept me. Listen, you can't behave your way to God. You can't behave your way to God. The only thing you can do is believe. Because this is what he says in the Bible from Romans 10 verse 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe, everybody say believe. And believe. And believe. He doesn't say behave. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be what? You will be saved. You'll be saved. You'll be saved. So we have this loving and accepting God. Because God loves us and accepts us just the way we are. But there is a but. But. I said there was two things I wanted to say. The second thing is this. God loves you too much to leave you as you are. You see, the grace of God is God loves and accepts you just the way you are. And that's his amazing grace. And what is this grace that I talk about? God giving to you what you don't deserve. If you're undeserving, we're all undeserving in the sight of God. But his grace says, I love and accept you just the way you are. That's my grace towards you. But many people just camp there. But let me tell you, God loves you too much to leave you as you are. That's his truth. The only way I can describe it is this. We have four children. Thankfully, they've grown out the point of having nappies. But they fill their nappy. I know it's not a very nice thought, but we all used to do it. I love this child, whether they've got a full nappy or not. But do you think I'd be a very nice father if I just left them in the dirty nappy? Help me this morning. Would I be a loving dad if I just leave them in there? I, re- I realize I'm just, I'm not, I don't all of a sudden take you to your mother. I still love this child, even in a dirty nappy. But I, live on, I love them too much 
to leave them in the dirty nappy. Listen to me this morning. It's so important that you understand this, both those who are from this church and also those who are new, because you may never get this opportunity to hear this again. So I'm, going to, I'm just going to really give it to you the best that I can. God loves you. He accepts you as you are. But he loves you too much to leave you as you are. There is change that has to happen in every one of our lives. There's stuff that we do. I hear some, some Christians say, well, I'm accepted by God. And they continue to cheat. They continue to lie. They continue to, to, to really not, you know, sleep around. They continue to do all those things. There's a standard that God asks us to live by. And he loves us too much to leave us as we are. Listen to the words of Paul. Because he says this in 1 Timothy 1 verse 13. I was once... Past tense, this is. I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. This was a sinful man. But I was shown mercy because I acted in in ignorance and unbelief. Listen to me. Some of you here have been acting in ignorance and unbelief. You've just been doing your own thing. Nobody's ever told you this stuff before. Nobody's ever told you that God loves you and accepts you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you. You, This is the first time you've heard this stuff. It's the first time you've heard this Christmas message wrapped up like this. You've never heard this kind of stuff before. And you was acting in ignorance and unbelief. But if I can say very, very carefully and very lovingly and sensitively to you, that is now not the case. You now know the truth. Because the only way back to God is through his son, Jesus Christ. That is the only way back to God. And this means that you will, you will need to make a choice. Will you surrender like the shepherds and the wise men as they bowed down and worshipped? Or will you just walk off like Herod did, trying to destroy this Jesus? I heard this phrase, we want to be saved, but we insist that Christ do all the dying. Let me tell you, God loves and accepts you as you are. We have a come as you are God, but he loves us too much to leave us as we are. He simply asks us to reach out to him, not to behave your way to God, to just believe in your heart and to start the journey of following Jesus. It's like a little child again. Judah was here on the front just worshipping. It was lovely to see. But when Judah and the other little ones start to walk, they just take a step. That's all they do. And then they take another step. You might be here this morning and say, wow, Christian. Oh, I don't know what's happening with me at the minute. I didn't come expecting this. No. You may say, I'm not ready to give a full blow. No, you may not be. I just ask you, to take your next step. That's all I'd ask you to do. No pressure. To take your next step. Because if you will walk towards God, He will walk towards you. So as we finish, I'm going to ask us to do something with this. I felt very strongly. I didn't know who was going to be here. You never know on Sundays who's even going to turn up. You don't. That's the, that's the beauty of church. And I knew that there were some people who've been living with labels. And some of these labels haven't been great that have been over your life. All I'm going to do is simply ask you in a moment. I wonder if Andy would just come and join me 
just helps us. We're virtually through. Well, I'm virtually through. We've just got one or two things that we've got to do. And under each chair, there are some pens along the aisles. Because in a moment, we're going to give of our offering. And Josh is going to lead you through by saying, you don't need to give any, any money because you don't. But what you might need to do is just give something to God. Because there's been a label that's been on you, over your life. And if you feel ready, that's your next step. There's no pressure from me. I'm not going to be checking who's done this. They may say, you know what? This label of rejected, failure, an addict, homeless, a criminal, materialistic. You might just want to write that word down and in a few moments when the offering container comes by, you might just want to give it to God. I don't ask you to put your name on it so we won't even know who it is. Or you may prefer to just take this label away with you. Just give this some thought. Or it may be just a timely reminder for some of you to really think about this. Because God loves you just the way you are. He came for the categorized. He came for the marginalized. He came for the labels that rest over our lives. But he gives us all an opportunity to have a brand new start in Jesus. And we can receive this forgiveness as the shepherds and wise men did. Or we can be like Herod who rails against it. I wonder if we bow our heads in prayer.